What is the definition of a closing cost? Okay. Well, closing cost encompasses a lot of different things, and it's not just actual costs. So everything from third-party fees right down to taxes, homeowners insurance that's due at closing, per diem interest, all of that is kind of wrapped up into what closing costs are. And what about points? So if you're buying down your rate, um, if there's any origination fees from the lender, all of those things, yes, those are also closing costs. Okay. So closing costs are basically anything other than what? Anything other than your down payment. So closing costs are anything other than your down payment. That can include points and fees that are paid to the lender and any other fees that are paid to third parties. Yes. Does third parties include taxes and insurance for escrows? I I would say so. I mean, so escrows are different than taxes and insurance though. Okay. So let's start from the top. You have application fee, you have a commitment fee, and if you're buying down your rate, you have- Discount points. Discount points, right? Those fees are paid to the lender being Greenway. Yes. Okay. Then there are fees that are paid to third parties, such as who? The appraiser, uh, the credit report company, the flood zone determination company, the title company, they do a a search. Um, They issue title insurance. A lot of times they officiate the closing. Uh, There's a surveyor. You have your attorney, if you're using one, your homeowner's insurance agent, the tax collector, uh, the county recorder. And if you're buying a condo, you could have a condo questionnaire fee. And you could also be paying for the insurance certificate that they're going to issue for your property. All right. So all of these fees are, uh, we have no control over. That's right. The majority of the closing costs are not driven by the lender. And that's the unfortunate misconception because a lot of people ask me for a loan estimate and they're nickel and diming me over the surveyor fee or the attorney's fees or the closing agent and the title. And I have no control over any of that. Now, when you say nickel and diming, what do you mean? Well, people want to take a loan estimate from me and they want to take a loan estimate from Quicken and they want to say, well, Quicken says the closing costs are only 6,800 and you're telling me they're 8,800. Yeah, because my estimate's right. How about this? A client comes to you and says, I'm interested in purchasing a house and I want to understand what it's going to cost. What is it that you provide at that point? Usually what I tell people is unless they're in contract, I I don't get into the business of issuing loan estimates. What I like to tell people as a general rule of thumb is that closing costs, soup to nuts, everything from your home inspection to your home insurance, the taxes, all of that stuff is going to cost you about 3% of your purchase price. I say that's a great rule of thumb. And it's amazing how in the end, how usually dead on I am with that estimate. When people want a more detailed estimate, I have been issuing them instead of a a full-blown loan estimate, which I usually reserve for when people are in contract, uh, an itemized fee list, kind of like our old good faith estimates were. It's it's a fee worksheet, basically. Why are you not issuing a loan estimate? Well, it's not a real real deal yet. People aren't in contract yet. And um, a lot of times when they are in contract, we'll call their attorney, we'll call their settlement agent and say, hey, 
you know, what are, what are your closing fees? Uh, what title company are you using? Maybe we'll get a, a, a preliminary um, closing disclosure from them with their estimated fees. We'll ask more detailed questions. Uh, are you going to be getting a survey? Is there an existing survey on the property that you can use from the seller? We're tweaking the numbers for the people at that point. Also, if they're buying a condo, so important because a lot of people have no idea. Many condos these days charge a buy-in fee. They want a capital contribution. There's expensive uh, questionnaire fees for both the lender and for the settlement agent. So those those condo questionnaire, or sorry, those condo fees can add up to thousands of dollars and people have no idea. So frequently I'll ask, hey, what's the name of the development you're buying in? And we'll call the management company and my team will get those fees so that you have a real accurate loan estimate. But that's a loan estimate. Before they get to that point, somebody gets referred to you and they call you and they say, I want to understand what the costs are. And you're, you're saying three to 5%. I'm no, I don't ever say five. No, that, that's kind of crazy. And let three, 3%. That's, that's 3%. the number I'm using. Okay, 3% so of the purchase price. 3% within some reasonable tolerance. And typically you're right on. But a lot of times you're seeing clients coming to you with pre loan worksheets, mm-hmm. right? And they're saying, what are your numbers? What is it that you're advising them at well, that point? There are different sections of these worksheets, and one is specific to the lender. One is going to be specific to the settlement agent. One is kind of um, taxes and other government fees and things like that. All of that is dependent on the specific property and the settlement agent that the buyer chooses. We are not in control of the settlement agent. On refinances, we'll make recommendations on who the settlement agent should be um, or could be. Um, They have, you know, the borrower has the option to shop. A lot of times they have no idea who to even use. They just take our suggestion. But on a purchase, they usually have an attorney that they've chosen. The attorney usually works with a title company. And those fees are basically third-party fees that we have no knowledge or no control over at the time someone initially comes to us. Right. But people are coming to you with pre-loan worksheets. Basically, what I'm understanding from you is that those are worthless. They're worthless. It says right on there that these fees will change. Basically, this is not a loan estimate. Your rate is not locked. Um, Those are basically a joke. They're what people are using these days to lure people in bait and switch them. Uh, they they make sure that the um, they don't list the escrows properly. They'll list two months of homeowner's insurance, two months of taxes. They don't mention to the buyer that the next quarter taxes are due. They're going to be due and collected at closing, whether you're escrowing your taxes and insurance or not. They need to be collected and, and paid. None of that's listed. The Most lenders are trying to, or many lenders are trying to make that bottom line number look so low so that when a buyer is shopping, they say, oh, okay, uh, only you know $5,000 to close. Well, when you get mine, you're going to go, why is it $8,000? And I'm going to say, because it's right. You're closing in August, and I know that you know your taxes are due. So we're going to have to collect three months worth of taxes on top of your escrows. Right. But, but, this is the, but the point that we're talking at is the point at which somebody pre- presents yes. this thing to you right? The pre-loan worksheet, which is non-binding. It's, it's outside of the disclosure requirements because you haven't hit that point where you have to disclose, right? right? And they come to you and you say, thank you very much. What's your loan amount? And you say 3% because you're not issuing pre-loan. Right, right. I tell them what, what, are, what are your closing costs going to be? They're going to be around 3%. That's right. right. But that's, so that's my, my question. Like somebody is shopping around, right? Somebody, somebody comes to you, they've gone to another lender, they've gotten this piece of paper, right. right? Which has all of these numbers on it. And at the bottom, of course, it has a big fat disclaimer that says, this means nothing. 
right? And they present that to you. Are you saying to them, here's why these are inaccurate and this you should really be prepared for 3%? Yes, that's what I do. What I basically tell them is the only difference between what's going to happen in the end of the day when you go to closing versus lender A to lender B is what is the rate? What are the origination fees? And the end of the day, all third-party fees, including taxes and insurance and all of that stuff is is driven by- Is what it is. The buyer, exactly. By the buyer, by the property, by the municipality. So with the exception of origination fees, which is points, commitment fee, and application fee, right? Yep. Those are the only things that will, at the end of the day, vary from lender to lender. That's right. I mean, some lenders may have different appraisal fees. I've been noticing that Greenway's appraisal fees are a lot less than some other lenders recently. Um, VA sets their appraisal fees, so that's that's is what it is. But um, for the most part, our um, appraisal management companies have a little bit lower a fee. We're talking thirty bucks. And the end of the day, if you're going to come with me because I'm saving you thirty bucks on your appraisal, that's the wrong reason. But yes, for the most part, anything else is is going to be what it is at the end of the day. So the important takeaway here is for borrowers shopping around, the fees that are listed that go to the title company and taxes and tax pay, all that stuff, regardless of what it says, what they pay to the closing at the closing table for those items will be identical from lender to lender. That's right. Because The buyer has chosen their attorney. The attorney or the buyer has chosen their title company and their surveyor. The buyer has chosen their homeowner's insurance agent. And the taxes are chosen by the home. So, yes, that's correct. So when you're shopping and you're comparing lenders, there's a couple things you're going to want to look at. You're going to want to look at the interest rate. The APR is a silly thing to look at because the APR takes into account other third-party fees not chosen by the lender. So, yes, it may take into account discount points if you pay them. If you're taking out a loan that has PMI um, or upfront mortgage insurance, that's included in the APR. But an APR is a silly thing because it does take into account some of those third-party Things fees. that you can't control. Things that the lender cannot control. Do these pre-loan worksheets list an APR on them? Some of them do. I've seen. But a lot of people will call me and ask, what's your rate? What's your APR? I said, I don't know. I can't tell you my APR. <laughs> it doesn't make any, you know, if, if you want to find down points, I can give you an estimated APR, but that's, that's difficult to do. So the educated consumer or the potential buyer, we want them to zero in on the service level, our ability to get their loan closed, and that they're getting a good rate. Right. So that's why those those loan estimates that people are, I'm sorry, those loan worksheets that people are issuing do, do have that gigantic disclaimer. This is today's rates. Rates are subject to change. You must lock in now if you want this deal. And it's not to pressure people, but it's because our our, our market changes so, so much. Especially a, in recent weeks, right? Yes. The volatility has been up, although rates have been declining. The intraday rates have had a lot of volatility. A huge swing. But the other thing here is the only real way for you to actually truly quote somebody a rate that's going to be accurate for their scenarios for them to actually apply. That's right, because there are so many different things, and we've talked about this in one of our other podcasts that you know go into making up your interest rate. Um, there's you know this thing called layering of risk, and it, it's it's you know are you buying a single family versus a condo? Condos are a little more risky. The rates are slightly higher. So when people hear oh you know Fannie Mae rates, the Fannie Mae is saying the rate is X. Well, yeah, that's for a guy putting twenty percent down with a seven forty credit score on a single family you know primary residence. So that's the other thing. I can't just quote you a rate. Like my rate isn't just 4% today for you. It, it might be four and a half for you because you've got a 620 credit score buying a condo. There's all these different things that go into yeah, it. There's a lot of factors. Yeah. And so we've gotten a little bit off track here. So as far as 
closing costs. Mm-hmm. Let's walk through the process. So a client comes to you, a lot of lenders are issuing these pre-loan worksheets, but once they actually apply, now we have to issue a loan estimate. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. And what's what triggers that disclosure and also talk about where the tolerances come in. They could just with it like so that you don't have to get specific because I know it's very complicated, but when a when a loan estimate is issued, there are certain fees that cannot change within a certain tolerance. So once someone's applied um, and we have what we call six points of information. Like if they're doing a pre-approval, they apply online, but they haven't identified a property. Right. right. So basically when you do that, that pre-approval, you have the five points of information. The only thing you're missing is the property address, right? Sure. So once they identify the property, right. which means they're in contract, now you have the six points and now you have to disclose. Right. And now it's easier to disclose because I have a property identified. I know what the property taxes are. We know what the real purchase price and loan amount are going to be. So that you know makes it easier for us to move forward with our loan estimate. Okay. So we understand what triggers it. It's basically the borrower's credit and income scenario. Right. Plus an identified property, correct? That's right. It's important that the borrower has actually applied because again, we need to, you know, double check their 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 qualification as far as income and assets go and also their credit um to make sure that, you know, their credit score is adequate, that their their debts and their income um work for the scenario. And then we can generate a loan estimate. Now we have the information needed to, you know, identify what interest rate this borrower qualifies. Okay. But let me stop you right there. So, but loan estimate. So you have, you have their qualification as far as their income assets and credit, right? And they've gone into contract on a property. Sure. That is what triggers the LE to be issued. That's right. Okay. Can you just explain, as far as the LE, there are f- fees that can change, and then there's, there's fees that, that can't, and then there's also fees that have a tolerance. So can you just, you don't have to identify all of them, but what, what are the sorts of things that can change, absolutely cannot change, and then, you know, have like a, t- a bit of tolerance? Well, the loan origination fee cannot change. The only time the lender fees can have a variance is if the borrower decides to buy down their rate. So let's just say at the initial disclosure time when the initial LE was issued, we said zero points at 4%. Well, let's just say our client says, you know what, I really want a lower rate. Now we calculate what it costs to buy down the rate from 4% to you know, 3.75. So now maybe the borrower is paying a point and a half. That is the only time it has to be, you know. Or if they change programs, right? If they go from like FHA to conventional or sure. vice versa. That's right. Or if they put 10% down versus 20% down, then some things can change at that point as well. Okay. So there's that. Um, those things cannot change. The other thing that can't, you can't just go adding fees. So if I somehow forget to add in uh, your attorney fee and your closing agent fee, well, that's a problem. <laughs> I have to disclose all of the possible fees uh, that a buyer may incur throughout the loan process. The only thing that we do not disclose is a home inspection because that kind of happens before the loan usually. Um, and that's completely optional. So that's the, one of the few things we don't actually disclose. I, I think we should call this point out, which is the lender, meaning Greenway, is responsible for the accuracy of the loan estimate. That's right. Meaning there are zero tolerance items on the loan estimate, which means if we forget to put them on the loan estimate at the time that we disclose, we as the lender are responsible for making 
for paying that fee. Yes. So if if we underdisclosed the title insurance premium by a significant amount, which is 10%, we would be responsible for the difference. And it's called a cost to cure. We at Greenway, and specifically within our process, try to get the loan estimate as accurate as, as we possibly can. We're reaching out to the third parties asking them. We call up the title company and we say, give us a preliminary closing disclosure because we want to incorporate accurate fees into our loan estimate. Many times it's very difficult to get that information up front. You call an attorney and their attorney's answer is, we just got out of review yesterday. I have no idea. Okay. So at that point we say, okay, thank you very much. We'll just use our best guesses, which is fine. I mean, we can, you know, we've been doing this a long time. We have an idea of best guesses, but if your attorney is charging you 900 and I throw 1200 on there, well, I'm sorry, but that's because your attorney wouldn't give me the information. Right. And so that's the, the point here is that when that happens, the loan estimate may appear inflated to what the actual costs are going to be. However, we don't want to disclose $500 on the loan estimate right, and find out that your attorney is charging 900 But yes, th- th- so there, there are times where that's the case. But we also, it's, it's not even that. Forget about if I have to pay it or not. That's not my issue. I'm not as worried about a tolerance cure. I'm worried about you saying to me, hey, Aaron, you told me 7000 to close. It's 12000 What the hell? <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I'd rather come, you come to closing and say, oh, wow, it's only seven and you told me 12 This is great. Or I'd rather it be accurate. That's why we spend so much time trying to figure out exactly what those third-party fees may be, especially when we've got people buying condos. Right. So the loan estimate goes out. It's an estimate. You know, it's not only um, sticker shock that we worry about. We also worry about qualification. You know, you've got 10000 in the bank and your closing costs wind up being 14000 and now you're $4,000 short to close. You don't qualify for the house anymore. Now what? You know, we're almost to the closing table. You think you're closing and only bringing X dollars to closing and now you need more and now you don't have it. So now what? So I really like people to be prepared for worst case. That's why I say the 3% because it's usually pretty, pretty darn close. And I'd rather overestimate a little bit just to to keep it safe on all sides. Right. You don't want to be too low right. because that can mess with your qualification. You also don't want to be too high. So we, we try to get it as close as possible, but <laughs> there are unknowns. The day that you close can Im- impact, right? Yeah. Uh, how much your closing costs are going to be because of- Taxes, prepaid interest, all kinds of different things. There's per diem costs that, yes. that, are, that could impact. If you close another, another day, it's you know, another $36 for taxes. That's or right. Like so that. every day there's a, a cost of interest. So let's just say you're buying a $200,000, I'm sorry, $200,000 mortgage. Maybe let's just say your interest at 4% per day, I'm just making a guess here, but let's just say it's $19.50 per day. So if you're closing on the 5th of the month or you're closing on the 28th of the month, there's a big difference. So you want to close, usually on a purchase, you want to try to close towards the end of the month because you've got less prepaid interest if you're worried about bringing, you know, how much you've got to bring to close. And that prepaid interest is not going to Greenway either. That is going to your servicer. That's that's the interest you're paying on the money you're borrowing. Right. Yeah. Yep. So they get the loan estimate. They sign the loan estimate. Now the now we start go, going through the the mortgage process. And this is where we're we're always I tell people this is where we're processing your loan. We're tweaking all of the numbers. I mean, there is so much that goes into this. And in the beginning, it's just such a loose, rough, 
you know, shape of what you're, you know, going to wind up with in the end. I mean, we have to verify everything during this process. We're going to do the appraisal. We're going to do a tax search to find out what the true taxes are. Uh, the title company is going to send us um, all of their their fees. And, and that will vary based on your loan amount. Your title insurance is based on your purchase price and the loan amount. So if you change from 10% to 20% down during the process, those numbers are going to change. It's, it's just a, we're tweaking and fine tuning throughout the process. And if you decide to get a survey or you don't, that can change your closing cost by 700 bucks. So it's, it's, um, it's a process. But that's why, you, that's why as the buyer, though, you do get to see a number of different disclosures. You're going to see your initial loan estimate. Um, that's the one that you know, we, we generate right when the application process starts. Um, then when you lock in your loan, if, if you don't lock it at the time of application, we're going to change and update the interest rate at that point. We will have most likely um, you know, identified if you have mortgage insurance, exactly who your PMI company is going to be. We'll have your quote. That will be accurate. Um, of course, we shop that around for the best rate for you. Maybe you have your homeowner's insurance by now. So now we know what your homeowner's insurance cost is going to be. That number is going to get, you know, gone from an estimate to a hard number. So there's a revised loan. There's estimate, a revised right? loan the- estimate. Yep. That's the time of lock disclosure. And then once the loan is cleared to close, there is an initial closing disclosure that goes out. This is, this is important. So you've gone from a loan estimate. Now we've switched to something called a closing disclosure or CD. Right. Which we'll still call a, the initial one should be really called like the estimated closing disclosure because it's still an estimate. It still has to be tweaked. What happens at that point is the, um, our closing department pulls all the numbers from our processing, um, of the loan, puts them into the closing disclosure, usually is working with a preliminary closing disclosure from the title company or the attorney's office. Um, and that still may change a little bit because they're, they're still, you know, adjusting tax figures between what the buyer might owe the seller or is there, um, is the water paid to the town and right. things like that? Did they definitely right? do a survey? Is the homeowner's insurance paid prior to closing or is it due at the time of closing? All of these little things will tweak that from what the final version will be. You lock in the rate, there's a revised loan estimate, the file gets approved, and then when does the initial closing disclosure go out? Does that happen when the file is cleared to close? Yep, that's usually within 24 hours of the file being cleared okay, to close. Okay, so the, the, there's approval. So the file is approved and then it gets moved to the closing department. Once it's clear to close. Okay, so it gets approved. There's additional documentation possibly required from the borrower, right? Underwriting looks at it again. They clear the file for closing, right? Then it goes to the closing department, and they issue a... An initial closing disclosure. Initial closing disclosure, okay, which you just defined. Then there's a lot of back and forth between the settlement agent and our closing department. Right. Yep. When when is the final, final CD, like, actually available for the client to review? So it's usually, I would say, that once you've signed your initial closing disclosure, then the file is is then now being worked on between the closing department and the settlement agent. So they're going to go back and forth at that point. And when they finalize their figures and they have a... a a set closing date and it's been scheduled, then, you know, the, the figures should be available. All right. So those, those figures are available. There's a number, right? So the, the, the client wants to know how much do I need to bring to closing? Now, right. And people are asking me that weeks before they close. And I'm just like, I have no idea. I told you 3%. Just go with that. Yeah. Go with that for now. <laughs> but when, when do they get an, like the number? When, when the closing date has been scheduled and the settlement agent and the closing department have finalized their figures. Then the settlement agent or the borrower's attorney will deliver that figure to the client. That's not something like I, I'm, I'm not sitting here with a calculator, you know, typing it up. That's going to come. It's a combination of the the attorney and the settlement agent's 
figures and Greenway's figures. They kind of get merged together at that point. As we talked about, the um, lender has, you know, a uh, one portion of what the fees are going to be, and then the third-party fees, you know, make up the rest of it. So Greenway pushes the the CD ultimately to the settlement agent, and the settlement agent merges all of that. Yep. With okay, and they come up with the final number. And, okay, and, so this is then, no, this is an important point. Then the settlement agent and the the closing department work together to finalize those numbers, and then basically what, what I the email that I see is. Attached, find, final CD, our figures match. <laughs> and that's that's basically the title company and the um, closing department working to, to finalize those. Okay. And at that point, the client should be going to their attorney or their settlement agent for that for that final number? Yes. That's, that's where the final number should come from. Uh, the title company provides that uh, either directly to the borrower or to the attorney's office who, who then tells the client. And the reason that it doesn't come directly from me or from Greenway is simply because the settlement agent um, and the attorney or whoever the, the borrower is using, they may have different methods of, of um, getting the money from the borrower, meaning, you know, uh, attorney A may want a certified check. Title company B may want a wire. It just depends on what that settlement agent's requirements are. That's why we kind of leave it up to them to tell them, okay, we need X number of dollars. We need it in this format. And we need to buy, you know, now. Okay. And that has nothing to do nothing with to Greenway, do with right? Yep. Okay. And, or you. The point here is once your file is cleared to close, the client is waiting on their title company or attorney to tell them what the final check is. You can't really help them with that. No. I mean, I usually get a copy of it, but... You might get a copy of it and it might tell you what the number is. Sure. But again, how they want that money. Right. I'd rather it be orchestrated through the settlement agent because they're still you know, trying to firm up a closing time, where they're closing you know, is physically taking place, how the settlement agent wants their money and, and how much it is. Okay. Do you have anything else that needs that, that we're missing here? I just want people to remember that you know, you're buying a home. It's not a vacuum cleaner. It's not going to cost you five ninety five to close the loan. It's it's there are closing costs here, and and when I tell people three percent, some people have sticker shock. And my job is to educate you as as to you know what those fees are, where they're coming from. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people doing a lot of work, right? Yes. I mean, you have you have an appraiser. Yep. You have a title searcher. You have a title company. You have an attorney. You have the attorney's paralegal. All these people are doing work in order to get this deal closed. Yep. And then even at Greenway, there's there's you working on it. There's our processing team. There's our underwriting team. There's our closing department. All these all these are separate people. And and they're they're taking a lot of time and putting in a lot of work. So yeah. to your point, there's a there's a lot of moving parts. Yep. I think we should just reiterate that it's a pretty big misconception that that the fees listed on the loan estimate and the C D are payable to to the lender. Uh, yeah, a, a fair amount of those or a big chunk of those are what's paid to the third parties. Yeah. And, and one of the biggest costs usually, I mean, depending on where in the country you live, uh, you know, what state you're in, but most um, of the, the one of the biggest costs is, is the taxes um, that are due at closing at the time of closing. Um, you know, in Florida, for example, taxes are only paid once a year. They're paid in November. So if you're closing... Um, let's just say in September, you're going to be bringing, you know, your 
your next year's taxes to closing, plus you got to set up your escrow account. It's a big chunk of change where maybe in New Jersey, um, you know, taxes are paid quarterly. So it's not quite a big of a burden at closing. You're bringing a quarter's worth of taxes to closing uh, plus a couple months worth of escrows. So it winds up being a number of months of taxes because you've got to set up your escrow account. You got to pay the seller back for anything they've paid for the quarter already. Got to, you know, get a couple months in the bank because your taxes are going to be due again next quarter and then, you know, your payment's not due yet. So you've got to have money available available to pay the taxes. So And this is the settlement agent's job to figure out what yes, those numbers all are. Of this, this is where, you know, all of this work comes in and, and we're all the back and forth between the lender and the settlement agent. Um, and again, your closing date uh, can trigger different months worth of payments being due. Okay. I think we can probably wrap it up. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you very much. Hey again, a few more things before we end the show. Check out our website at smt.greenwaymortgage.com and follow us on social media, Greenway Mortgage at the Shore on Facebook, on Twitter, we're Greenway MTGSL, and connect with me directly, Aaron Carvelli on LinkedIn. And finally, some compliance. Greenway Mortgage is a licensed mortgage lender, NMLS 374480.